Hello, I'm Greg Euland, Marketing Director at Reynolds & Reynolds, and this is Connected, the podcast with best practices and ideas to help navigate what is happening in the automotive industry and the world today. As the COVID-19 virus continues to change our world and how we live and work daily, this podcast discusses ways to continue operating in this unprecedented social environment. On today's episode, we have with us Jason Sedaris, Vice President of Fixed Operations Product Planning at Reynolds & Reynolds. Jason, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? Doing well, Greg. Happy to be here. Uh, certainly recognizing that, like everyone else, we're dealing with the challenges that are facing uh, each of us, but overall doing well. Good. Glad to hear it. Um, you know, fixed operations is a huge focus right now. Uh, for a lot of dealers, it's it's the only part of their business that's operating fully. Um, so let's start talking today with, with scheduling service. Um, you know, what are some tips for customers to handle uh, scheduling service really at a distance? That's a good question, Greg. And for many, many years, phone was our primary method of doing that. It still continues to be such. Uh, but as we as we think about the phone, uh, we, we want to look for ways that we can over-communicate to our customers. And, and what do I mean by that? Well, many of us, uh, by means of our phone systems, we may be able to change the messaging and communication going out to our customers, explaining to them things such as uh, new write-up or drop-off process that we put in place because of COVID-19, or maybe changes to our business hours. Uh, what about the opportunity for remote pickup and delivery? Those are all things that, that are important to our customers. But one other thing we can also focus on is looking for alternate methods of scheduling appointments, such as online scheduling. Yeah, for sure. And, and Jason, historically, um, online scheduling hasn't been used a ton by consumers. And a lot of, a lot of times it's because it's not easy for them. So, so what are some tips that, that you might have or things you're hearing from, uh, from dealerships uh, just to make it simpler and easier for, for customers to schedule online. Yeah, you're absolutely correct, Greg. I mean, the reality is is that the percentage of customers that are scheduling online is still relatively small. Uh, but there are things that we can do to, to keep improving that. Probably one of the biggest things is keeping it simple. Oftentimes, as we look at the data, uh, customers that are going online to schedule appointments, they tend to defect from the process based upon the complexity of what we have in the system. Uh, so maybe looking for ways to simplify that, focusing on things such as scheduled maintenance, maintenance or repairs, limiting the number of choices so that when the customer goes to schedule their appointment, they can provide us additional detail, uh, maybe either on screen or, or once they have the opportunity to come into the dealership. No, that's great. It's, it's uh, uh, really, really good information. Um, Shifting gears a little bit, uh, can, we, can we talk a little about multi-point inspections? And, you know, that's um, something obviously that's a part of the, the service process, but um, what are some options for handling presenting the findings in a multi-point uh, safely and again, kind of from a distance? Yeah, when we think about uh, how multi-point inspections have evolved over years, you know, we started out with a paper process. Now, the majority of dealers are using electronic means to capture the uh, information on what the vehicle needs. And this is a really important way to communicate to the customer things such as safety concerns related to their vehicle or, or needed repairs. So uh, multi-point inspections have just become a way of life for us. But as we think about communicating this information uh, to our customers, we have to be thinking about their well-being. Right now, there's a lot of things on their mind. Their vehicle is a concern of theirs. But there are other things that are, that are pressing on their mind as well. So taking a personal interest in their well-being is very important, regardless of the method of communication. Uh, today, again, we mentioned the phone. Phone is still a way that uh, many of us continue to communicate with our customers, and, and it will be that way for a long time. But uh, one of the challenges that we face with phones is, is customers are concerned. They're getting a lot of spam calls. They may not be picking up the phone when we call them. So now we end up playing phone tag. 
Uh, another issue might be that they're sharing information with us, and there could be an opportunity for transposition errors. Uh, some of the information they share, we've got to now put that into the system, and uh, we, we may make errors on our side as well. So, again, while phone continues to be an important way of communication, uh, there, there may be some other ways that we can look at that will be more efficient and be more effective. Uh, email. Email has become a way that we communicate with customers. It, too, has some challenges. Uh, one of the biggest things is, while it may be a, an effective way of communicating, uh, it's not time-sensitive. And, and what do I mean by that? Well, when we think about email, oftentimes customers respond to email in hours or days versus seconds or minutes. And that, that allows us to then think about another method of communication, text messaging. You know, studies show that uh, this is the most preferred method of communication for many of our customers. Um, and we talk about that days versus minutes. Well, the average customer responds to a text message in less than three minutes. Uh, when we think about the vehicle being up on the list, our goal is to get a response back from the customer so that we can address those concerns um, in a very effective and efficient method. So focusing on capturing approval from our customers. For example, have they opted into our texting program? But whether we're communicating to the customer via phone, email, or in person, we want to make sure that we explain this option to our customers and ensure that we're getting them to opt into our text message. One other thing I'd like to just mention, whether it's communicating in an electronic format such as text or email, uh, there are a lot of ways that we can communicate via online approvals. For example, sharing pictures, videos, et cetera, with the customer, educating the customer as to the concern related to the vehicle. As we think about multi-point inspections, maybe the most basic method would be to scan the inspection form in and email that to the customer. Or if we have a system in place that provides online access, uh, we can allow them to approve that work uh, through that means as well. Probably the most important thing, though, uh, Greg, is that we be clear and then we provide what is the issue and why is it important for them to do that at this time. Yeah, and that can be that can be tough when you're when you're used to communicating it verbally, um, you know, as a service advisor, and and now you have to do it in writing or online. So, um, you know, just being conscious of that and probably getting, you know, just making sure that your your advisors are are competent and confident in delivering that message, whether it's verbal or in writing or online or whatever the, the method is. Um, really, really good points there. Um, Jason, what about, um, you know, another really kind of a high touch area in the service department is when it comes to paying for services. So um, what are some ways to, to safely and, and really, I guess, respectfully for your customers um, handle accepting payments? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, social distancing makes this very difficult, right? But there are methods to be able to do this um, in a convenient and secure way. The one would be online payments. You know, it tends to be more safer because the customer's not having to pass a credit card back and forth. And ultimately, uh, with regard to social distancing, clearly they're not in our, in our near proximity. Uh, however, many customers over the years have actually accepted credit card numbers over the phone. This is not a secure method uh, of making payments. So utilizing uh, programs that you may already have in place that allow you to uh, send information to a customer so they can pay online can be very effective. Yeah, that's great. That's great. What about, so, I mean, obviously there's still going to be customers in the store and paying in the store. Um, any, any options or additional maybe tips or, or things that we've seen um, for, for payments in stores and keeping that as, as safe as possible? Yeah, you know, I, I still find it somewhat interesting that, that oftentimes many of our um, employees aren't even aware of the fact of the capabilities of the systems that we already have in place. 
Uh, you know, recently I went to a drive-through and I and I had to hand them my credit card. I cringed when I did that. They took it, swiped it, handed it back to me. Um, later that day, I had another buying experience. I was in a store, and when I went to hand the credit card, they they wouldn't even allow me to hand it to them. In fact, uh, the individual let me know that I can simply tap my credit card uh, on the payment terminal, and uh, I didn't have to insert it. I didn't have to swipe it. So many of the systems now allow for that. So are we taking advantage of that near-field communication? Uh, solutions such as Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, Google Pay, or even cards that are equipped with near-field communication chips built right into them that do not require us, A, to take the credit card, or the customer even insert or swipe the credit card. Probably, again, the most important thing is, is, are we educating our employees of all the options? And then also, are we sharing that information with our customers? Keeping our customers um, uh, up to date on these different options really shows that we have their best interest in mind. Some other things that we can do is we can place signs around the dealership or maybe put information on our website or through our social media, letting our customers know that we offer contactless payment methods. Yeah, those are, those are all good, uh, good points and good ideas. And, and to your point, a lot of, if not most payment processors kind of have this available. So just, you know, checking it and seeing what you have available to you and then educating your customers on, on what's possible. That's a, um, that's a good point. Uh, Jason, it's been it's been great talking with you. Um, I really appreciate your time. Um, while we have you here, is there is there anything else um, that you'd want to share or touch on before we uh, before we sign off for today? Yeah, Greg. Certainly, we're all in this together, you know, and, and I'm confident that we will all come out of this better prepared as we move forward. So, appreciate you giving me this opportunity. All right, great. Well, Jason, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, this has been connected. Stay safe, and we'll see you on our next episode.